Thank you again for joining us on Corner of the Clubhouse. I'm Kyle Blanks, and on this episode, I'm joined again by my good friend Jay Schiffman. Jay is the creator of the Choose Your Struggle podcast and continues to do amazing work in the fields of mental health, substance misuse and recovery, drug use, and drug policy. Jay has had his own unique experiences that make him an incredible sounding board, in my opinion, and on top of talking with him nearly every day, I thoroughly enjoy when we get to really dive into our passion of helping others through unpacking the spectrum of experience. Corner of the Clubhouse is proudly a member of the Shameless Podcast Network. And here we are. It's uh, back with Jay, the leader of the Choose Your Struggle podcast and uh, a good friend of mine. And uh, this is episode two of, of me and him getting to uh, dive deep into uh, any random question, I guess, is, is kind of where we've, uh, where we've landed on that me and Jay kind of uh, have really developed this program off of. It's really to try and help unpack from all angles. And um, I think now that me and Jay have really uh, slid into that rhythm, uh, we, we're able to really have some, have some better back and forth and, and try and get uh, as deep as we can. So um, this one uh, should be pretty fun now that we know what we're trying to do. Yeah, so let me give a little more context for that because the first time you and I recorded, we didn't really know at the time that it was going to be a more uh, reoccurring thing. So, you know, I am Jay Schiffman, the, the host of Choose Your Struggle, the host of, or the, the founder of the Shameless Podcast Network, which you've been so incredible to join. Thank you for um, having me. Yeah, and, and I, do, I do a lot of work around mental health, substance misuse and recovery, and drug use and policy. I'm a guy in long-term recovery, but... I am also from, you know, a, a small age, a very young age, a giant baseball fan, um, you know, grew up playing. I played about 15 years of organized ball, obviously not nearly to the level you did. Um, but my my dad, you know, was a huge Cincinnati Reds fan, grew up on the Big Red Machine. And so it got me and my younger brothers all involved in baseball. And, uh, you know, some of my best memories are playing catch with him and my, my brothers in the front yard. So obviously a big baseball fan still am. Some of my, my most amazing memories are, are at the, the stadium, whether as a, a guy who played in, in high school or, or someone who, you know, is a diehard Cincinnati Reds fan. But the opportunity to chat with you, uh, you know, in, in, uh, around some, some of our shared uh, love here of, of uh, you know, you and I both have a shared love of cannabis. But more than that, you know, I get to like pick your brain on on these these uh, questions I've always wanted to ask about baseball that I've never really had the opportunity before. So that's sort of the uh, the background behind our conversation. Well, I'm I'm glad you uh, were able to clarify my stumbling words for everybody. But that was that was truly where we kind of started with this was understanding. Um, you know, as we once again were able to talk into it. Uh, learning, you know, and basically being curious about Jay, what are you? Th- what are the questions you have? Because if I can help clarify some some of the the deeper reality to it, it's it's very easy to see the best case scenario of everything play out, and that's not how the world is all the time. That's the point of getting to do this, and why I think it's so fun to just hear random questions because those are the real things, like you guys wear the same socks every day or something, you know, things that are just like, <laughs> yes, absolutely. I wear them even when they have holes. Like it, it's just, uh, it is really interesting to um, kind of like, again, unpack that spectrum and, and see where those take you. 
especially when they are questions coming from a perspective of someone who has your experiences and is really more interested in understanding the human feeling behind uh, those, those situations. Well, that is a wonderful intro. You didn't even know that. It's a wonderful intro into my first question. So I'll just go ahead and, and ask that because it is the human part of it. We touched on this just a little bit in our first chat, but the, the, the first place that I want to start is really focusing on the, um, the shared sort of brotherhood of the clubhouse. So, you know, I know that you, you know, when we talked about how it was being the new guy and all that kind of stuff, we, you, you were telling me what that experience was like. But, you know, you spent a good amount of time in, in the big leagues. What was it like sort of being in that brotherhood, in that, that you know, how close did you, you know, build relationships with some of these guys? Was it tough when guys got traded? What was that like? Yeah, I mean, it was definitely each environment every year has its own feeling, uh, even when some of those environments have the same people in them over and over, which those are the best. Those are probably the best years you can get into where, uh, you know, if you have that good core of guys that just stay around um, or you all happen to progress evenly um, as well as the people ahead of you. And I mean, there, there's infinite variables as to why you may not stick with the same core group of guys, whether you get traded or whether you um, overachieve, underachieve, um, all of those types of factors. But <clears throat> I do think the dynamic of, you know, when you walk in there, especially what it used to be um, through my experience, you know, that like there were phones technically in there, but nothing to really um, – take the attention off of the fact that we're we all have this very very kind of you can call it sacred space I would just call it very private space you know you can you can basically hide out in here because no one else is allowed in here and uh, that is an interesting thing as you progress because early on it's it's kind of uh, that really cool tree fort you have that you're you know you're you're very proud of even when it's shitty and as you get older that, you know, those desires of comfort and, you know, you start to, uh, desire different things out of it, you know, like, especially when you go, you know, like, let's say you play in a place, um, let's say Lake Elsinore, California, uh, not the biggest clubhouse ever. When I was there, amazing experience. And that was because of the front office, the ownership of that specific affiliate, um, you know, and a lot of guys uh, around the time I was there, as well as up to now, could probably uh, probably express a similar thing. You know, just just this was a great experience because even though all of the factors are variables, you know, the clubhouse size, uh, these types of things, the everything else that was wrapped around it was so amazing. It kind of it it took you out of how bad baseball can get sometimes. You know, as far as uh, making, you know, making 400 bucks paycheck, like that kind of shit will really help ease that pain when the goal of why you're going through this toil is to get to the better part on the other side. It's why I've always told you the journey is far more rewarding than the reward and the reward is a fucking reward. So I think when you're going about that, that journey and just trying to find the best out of each situation, and uh, you're surrounded by guys that are very like-minded, um, even in those instances where you have those kind of those turds that are still there too. Because, you know, once again, this is 
you're playing with a spectrum of people um, and people are all people. But for the most part, in good environments, most people who, um, at least in the clubhouse setting, very rarely will that opposing force challenge the, you know, the bigger movement. Like, if we are a good team, it, it will take a lot of negativity to come in here and change that. And I had a good, a good couple years uh, early on of that type of um, togetherness, that type of team feel. And I think, I don't know that you can really achieve that um, at the big league level because your, your resources are different, your access, accesses are different. You know, in the minor leagues, depending on the city you're in, like, you know, not everyone has their car with them, even the, even the guy who has the most money. So everybody is kind of shit out of luck sometimes. And um, it really is about, uh, you know, basically kind of pulling together because we're going to be warmer if we huddle up instead of just fucking spreading <laughs> out and, and letting the letting the cold air blow through. Well, that's a great analogy, and I really like I like the way you described it. It's like your treehouse that that you know you're very protective of, even if it's shitting. Absolutely, that's that's how I try and you know I, I personally always describe if you can if you can put up a fort somewhere, you know if I could if I came and saw you, I mean if if I can just walk in and just all right, I can sleep on that couch, I can wake up and use that bathroom, I can if I can set up a fort somewhere, I am immediately very very comfortable. And, and a lot of that comes from having to go set up forts in places you don't want to set up a fort. Like, mm. you know, in, in hotels that aren't necessarily the best for you. Like, because once again, it, it's not, it's got nothing to do with the fact that you're not having to pay for it. It's got to do with the fact that nobody wants to lay in that bed. Nobody wants mm -hmm. to, nobody wants to go back out there tomorrow after failing today, knowing they're probably going to fail again. It's very difficult to deal with those things, especially when you have no support, like, especially you know on the road like it, it is it is a very lonely existence at times and that's where that uh that that very strong team feeling and very comfortable treehouse type environment uh really does help get you through that extended period it's fucking six months of baseball so another part of that this is moving into my, my next question Another part of that environment is those who are outside of the tree fort, right? And, and I feel like we're constantly hearing these stories uh, or seeing, you know, personally of fans, you know, doing things that are over the line, either in funny and like endearing ways or like, whoa, like something needs to be done because this guy is, you know, hounding this person or this woman is, you know, really you know, do it, going over the line and trying to, you know, get in front of this player, you know, did you, did you see a lot of that? Did you have some weird fan interactions? Um, I had pretty traditional fan interaction. Um, a lot of, I, I will say the traditional super fan, someone who just really, really loves the team, the sport, like those, those types of fans are, are genuinely typically very nice people. Um, other than, maybe having a lack of, of um, understanding of how you're feeling about a bad game or, mm -hmm. or a lack of understanding about the fact that I am a human person and regardless of how you feel about what, what happened in there, it does affect how I feel moving forward when you don't like it because I actually went out there and put my best efforts out there every day. 
that's that's the interesting thing now hearing you know hearing about teams that you know suck or this or that it's like i know every one of those motherfuckers is trying so hard to not mm-hmm. be told that by people who don't fucking know how hard it is that's that's the part of it that i can't fucking deal with or why i really try not to pay attention because the the heaviest critics have no understanding of what it takes you know and and they're the ones who who run that same thing why like the people making decisions uh at the head of baseball are not the ones who understand what it takes to play it's a Mm -hmm. business to them that's that is the disconnection between why there are are issues that come up um and, and the severity of them because the disconnection between the person making the rules and the person who has to follow them so, so, you know, you, you never had a, a fan chase you for an autograph or anything ridiculous like that? Nothing beyond the standard of, I mean, once again, I, I, if I walk into a store, I'm just, I'm going to stick out. doesn't matter who I am. I, I just, I just sure. am, am far more visible. So having that visibility, I've never been able to run away from that stuff. Um, and I've never... You know, I don't care. I, I don't think my my signature is worth anything. But if someone else does, I'm happy to engage that. And, you know, that's that's the difference of of, you know, you you know me different through our conversations. But like I'm I'm more happy in most of those situations to try and make the other person happy. It really has nothing to do with what I'm if, if I'm being asked, if I'm being put out too far, then, yes, I probably won't do it or I will tell you. But otherwise, if, if I'm just doing something that makes you happy, that's really the only reason I care to do it is because it's not for me. Like, I'm, I'm genuinely getting something out of being a little bit selfless. So knowing that even going through that period of baseball, which was an extremely selfish period of my life, that it was kind of those things when you're, you know, if I did everything I wanted to always do, I never would have talked to anybody because it would have been way more comfortable to just not do that. But... I personally get something out of helping people in any way I can. And that's, I think I was able to kind of uh, mine a little bit of that throughout that time. And and then towards the end, I mean, after having a dozen years of experience talking to people who are just into the exact same thing, it becomes very different to navigate those conversations because I have no hangups about how good or bad the game went today. I don't give a shit. Like I do want to win. I am trying my best, but this did turn into a job for me and I'm happier that I'm, I came out of this job at the end of the day, healthy enough to do it again tomorrow. But that's, that was based off my experience of just always getting fucking hurt and it sucked. And that's why I by the end, I was just happy. I wasn't hurt. I can, I can not understand, but I can imagine that by the end of your career, you know, another injury, you're just like, man, I'm so tired of this. I was always very happy. I didn't blow out something that I, I would have immediately just said, I'm done, like my back or um, a big knee blowout. You know, I, I blew out things that I was comfortable dealing with um, because, I, you know, I, when I first signed, I told myself, like, you gotta, if you're at 25 and you haven't really got anywhere, you're going to have to figure it out, you know. And that was before knowing the fuck you think you're going to be here when you're 25, Like, Mm -hmm. you know, and that was just a, that wasn't malicious thought of, I, I deserve anything. It was just a, I had no understanding of, of what it would take to actually stay there for fucking seven years, let alone being able to accomplish it. So, so no expectations really helped me. And 
um, it, it was just a an entirely different experience once again than most people would believe it to be because I'm me reflecting on it and trying to articulate it to someone is I'm trying to help you understand how I felt like it doesn't have anything to do with my statistics or like I could give a fuck about any of that like it doesn't it's not what drives me so it's why I'm trying to help you know kind of unpack it the way I am I'm just um just more curious about why people are are uh feel the way they feel about it and that's that's what makes this fun so okay so then you know some of that that funness right is that you know when you're sitting in the stands it's it's impossible and i would say that that baseball is not unique in this because i think this is a sports thing overall but it's impossible to look down on the field and not see the fun in it right even you know whether a person is having a bad game, but yeah, something that's hard to, to really ascertain. But, you know, you see guys on the field joking around while they're warming up and, and, and you know, taking batting practice and stuff. And I think a big part of that is the little things, like walk-up songs and music, you know? So it, it, I guess my question about that was that, is that a thing that you put a lot of thought into? Like your walk-up song, was that a thing that you really cared about? uh walk up yeah i mean it's it might dude it might be the fucking cul- over a game you know if i get four at bats it's this might be the best 25 seconds of my day because it's the song i love that's played the loudest and i might strike out every time it's actually happened to me like so you know like those are the kind of those um those uh I, i'd say those lovely little views off the side of the highway while you're on that journey like, oh, look at that pretty thing. You know, those are the, because during during that journey of that game that day, like I said, that might be the best 25 seconds and it's spread over three hours, you know, where you're just toiling. I fucking made an error and then I struck out and then I had to go back out in the field. Then I fucking got walked and made a base running mistake. Then I did all these things like, you know, and I, I look at a lot of people's job as a field like I'm looking at you on your field you know whether you're fulfilled with that job is is you know sometimes it's very easy to see most people would never look down on a, on an, uh, an athletic gridiron think like with the understanding like a lot of these guys are fucking checked out like and and it's not uh that's kind of the weird thing is is how many people can do their job on autopilot you know don't it's like when you when you take the uh sport aspect outside of it that's very easy to accomplish for an athlete too it's it's an entirely different set of uh physical settings that you put yourself on but i'm just doing what i do that's that to me is the issue of you have no dynamic as a human like i came out of baseball nothing other than a baseball player having having understandings just outside of it because i i am a person that lives in the world but when you play this game that has these insulations that keep keep some of the the scary things away from you you don't understand how the world works no differently than anyone who works in any field if you don't have an a childlike wonderment of what someone else does you will perceive it to be way different than the reality of what it is and that's why i'm so happy to talk to people out of just an open curiosity because I, I don't presume anything about your days. I might be blown away by someone who works at Walgreens because 
the people that come in or by someone who runs this company or someone who does this. Like, I'm in it for what you have for me. Like, I don't care. Like, it's exactly why I don't give a shit about athletes. Like, if you're not a good person or not interesting beyond that, who the fuck are you? Like, it's, it's, uh, and I think that's the thing too. I'm, I'm not the only person who feels like this. I'm also not the, you know, only perspective of how, of how to feel. So I know that being in a clubhouse with people who feel differently than me, like I was, it was like that most of my career towards the end, especially like me at 31 and a kid at fucking 19 do not feel the same way about this game and how the people on the outside look at us and feel about us and how this has been uh, working against our, our mental health for the last decade. Like, those are the things that I really am interested to share. I mean, whether or not anyone cares is, uh, I don't care. Like, I, I, do, I wouldn't expect everyone to give a shit. It's no different than I don't care about everything. I'm, I'm really curious about the depths of it all, even if it has nothing to do with me. But that's, that's just because I'm curious to know how the human feels. It has nothing to do with the, the job or the pay or the, you know, what house you live in. It's just I'm curious about your, your human experience. So was it then difficult, you know, because every, every organization, as you, as you kind of said earlier, has a shitty person. Was it, was it difficult when you, when you were playing with any guys, and obviously you don't have to name them by name, but – who who were kind of up their own ass and were like, yeah, you know, I'm this I'm this well known baseball player because you played on some well known teams, which means you played with some stars. So was that was that hard? Were those people more difficult to be around? Um, not I I had a very good experience. I will say, like, um, other than just simple disagreement, which once again, it's not like I was in a clubhouse arguing with people all the time, it, and it is a very argumentative place. Like once again, it's. I feel this way, and this is a no-filter zone. I feel this way, and we're going to talk about it now. Basically, like, that's how it kind of comes up. And it's, it's really interesting because I, once again, for, for as long as I played, had very good experiences for the most part um, on my side. And <clears throat> I think as soon as you can identify um, the what is going to be immediately like probably, okay, if I go have this conversation, it's going to most likely go this way, this way. Like it's not necessarily a good thing that you, that you keep yourself in a bubble, but you're in such a, a small closed environment. It's, it is the best way for you to stay focused on the task at hand. Because for the most part, like I, I, I can have an argument with a guy before the game and go out there and, and if he's pitching, I'm all, all for him. Like this is, this has nothing to do with that. Like, you can be a piece of shit, and I can support you with what we do. And that's because I understand the, the game we're playing. I understand what I'm, I'm here for. Because as, a, like, all of us come up playing this game for typically a genuine reason. Like, I had no aspirations of professional baseball until I was kind of in it. Like, as a kid, I mean, to just say I wanted to be a professional baseball player would be total bullshit. Like I had no fucking clue as, as well as like, I, I had no concept other than seeing maybe a game every month or something on TV. Cause I didn't have cable. Like I'm just, I'm, I'm just enjoying the, the game. And that's where, you know, like I've, um, 
you know, talk to just any time I talk to buddies, it's it's amazing. The game itself, at its core, is is beautiful. Of what it can, what you can learn from it, and when you wrap a business around it, that's when it, that's when you sub, are subjected to just these nightmares of experience, because the money coming in predicates all of the action, not how you feel. So that that seems to me then that. I mean, I think you, you kind of answered this question when we chatted before about how, actually on my podcast, about how, you know, at the time you were playing, a lot of the things that are easily accessible on the internet were not at the time, like guys signing bonuses and salaries and stuff like that. So, it, it, you know, was it, but that kind of evolved while you were playing, right? So did you see that evolution taking place? A little bit. Um just because, you know, like, let, I'll say it like this. Every year, um, I, you know, I get a new phone. You know, at a certain point, like, if you, if you aren't, aren't old enough to know, the cell phone buyer used to be the dri- in the driver's seat. You used to be able to basically get a new phone all the time, you know, like, um, at not the most ridiculous premium of $1,000. And that's where I would kind of see that change. Like, my phone went from this phone to this phone to this phone. And then eventually, like, once I was old enough, like I didn't use that same device for the same thing someone younger than me would. So, you know, like I came up in the time where you walked out of the clubhouse to have a conversation on the phone and towards the end of it, you could just do whatever the fuck you wanted right in your locker and no one really cared. And I, I still tended to get, uh, do what I traditionally started doing, which was walk away or, you know, just, but those were the types of things I started to see shifting were the, the cultural impacts of just, you know, this is how people are brought up at this age. And now they're all kind of like this, you know, like, um, as someone who, once again, as someone who I first saw Facebook because, uh, a, a buddy I played with in high school, uh, came home from college and showed us this, like, dude, check, check this out. It's, you know, it's this new thing. And it was only accessible by, uh, uh, school related web, uh, email. And, mm-hmm. you know, you know, seeing that, like I've seen those progressions in time and like it, at very unique instances. And it was just like, Oh, cool. Like, cause then the next time I saw Facebook, there was a high school kid on there. I'm like, Oh, this isn't cool anymore. I would, I don't really, I don't know that I'd do this anymore because the, the, what it was changed in a very short time. And, and, but now you're those people that have been through those changes at different ages are now coming up and they're in the game. And part of what that platform or those platforms do is help you show people what your life is, you know? So a lot more people are starting to get a little more insight on specific athletes and the things they do and how they live. Um, but a lot of that to me is very surface based and not many people are having conversations centered around this, you know, like I'm, I'm, I'm okay touching on the game, but I don't really care about it. I'm glad about what it taught me, but I'm way more interested in dissecting the, the more interesting parts of the game, which are not the statistics. They're the mindsets. Well, those were, were all of the questions that I had for today. Is there any other topics that you want to cover in this episode? Um, not really, man. Just, uh, you know, I, I will say it, um, 
something I think we'll be able to really get into as we move forward is that uh, that cannabis aspect that we uh, that we really do enjoy and share um, talking about because I will say that is something I saw kind of come into my career and help me. Um, you know, it kind of when I reflect on it, it definitely helped me. Um, have a little more third-party perspective on the things I was doing, you know, um, especially once I became more comfortable, uh, which takes the same outcome of that comfort is is generated by any stimulus, right? Like if, if something tickles you uh, in the right way and it and is of a benefit to you, it's you're always trying to find a way to keep that going. And that's what I started seeing out of no different than a, Uh, a good routine in the cage like holy shit this drill just I was fucking raking like I I think I'm gonna stick with this until I stop and that was kind of how cannabis came into my life and why it's been that consistent cage drill because I can put the T at so many different points in this in this uh, scenario and take a swing at it and it has traditionally given me very good feedback to go into the game with. And that's, that's the interesting thing I've seen such resistance with is, you know, especially with athletes, you put yourself through this crazy, crazy experience of, of all these rigorous experiences. And now I'm getting to the point where um, everyone's been treating these things, you know, injuries uh, very similarly. Like other than the sequence of actions you're taking – the, the same actions are being taken all the time, right? Like icing and cryotherapy are the same outcome. They're just, they're just achieved differently. Like the goal is to do the same thing. Um, you know, those are the differences of, I think really like you can only do so many of those things without, uh, before you kind of have to like, okay, well we have all of these really great ingredients is there something else we could be seeing, you know, a benefit out of just, just something else, an alternative to everything we have here. It doesn't mean we stop using all this. It means we bring something else in and see what it does. And that's, that's now how I see cannabis. But the, the difficulty is once again, like the reason why we do this, most people have their own perception of what that is before they want to hear my thoughts on it. That's, that's the bigger thing is, will you, will you be willing to listen and then even further experience something different to potentially experience something different? But those are, those are the things that I think like we're trying to really unfold here. And if, I mean, if it's something I just have, you know, a topic I'd like to talk about, it's always cannabis as far as the spectrum of consumption is so wide, you know, beyond wide, like everyone has their own their own feelings about how it should be used, whether it's the, it's the worst thing ever or it's the greatest thing ever. Um, but I, I do think there is a lot of value in, in detailing um, the depth of what you get out of these things, whether they are, um, you know, simple, uh, simple basic routines or sequences of, of, of your, you know, daily activities that make you happy. You know, think of, think of nailing the schedule you lay out for yourself that sequence, like the efficiency that comes with it, all of that. Like, I think it's always interesting to detail those things now that I'm learning more about the things that, that helped bring me successes. 
um, and really trying to apply them now in a time where I don't have to play a game, but I can prepare myself the same way. And, and that's what I really, really do like having, uh, you know, having these talks and being able to really kind of unpack those very unique things that otherwise, you know, it's, this is what I do. Like most people would not care to talk about cannabis because of the polarizing nature to their audience or maybe even their, the people close to them. You know, everyone close to me is totally fine with what I do. And that's why I'm really, really trying to now cast that net farther and really just trying to open up that conversation. Well, I think if I've learned anything from knowing you for the last, whatever, six months or whatever it is, you know, it's that you are constantly pushing to help people see things differently to, to, for people to, to experience the world differently, you know, from this work to, uh, your work in cannabis articles, which has been super fun to watch you kind of experiment with and grow. Um, you know, th- and those are, those are really in- enjoyable and thoughtful. You know, you are definitely challenging the stereotype of the jock and, and instead are really trying to help people, uh, you know, learn and think differently and grow and, you know, I mean, we need more people like that overall, like period. We need more people like that. But I definitely think we need more people who have had uh, very interesting experiences that are willing to say, yeah, like, you know, I played in the big leagues. But also, can we talk about these things that I'm super passionate about? So I definitely applaud you for that. And it'll be fun to keep working on this show with you and, and seeing all the other awesome work you're doing. And, and, and I will say, um, I appreciate all that. And, and, um, anything I put together is just a collection of, of the, the influences I've had from other people. You know, I, I definitely look at everything I've been able to try and provide, whether it's a thought or, or help or anything is it's, it's a product of, of being shown how to, how to get there by others. And it's typically been a collection of a lot of people. And that's, I think that's, that's the point of trying to, you know, challenge that, I guess, stereotypical, like you said, the jock, like, what is it that, um, you know, limits you other than yourself? You know, like, you, you understanding a subject, and someone else not knowing that isn't your problem. That's their problem. That's you, you, you know, and once again, that that is where when two plus two equals four, you know, that's why we have to have conversations about, about the objective facts, you know, not like that, that's, you know, my way is not the way and it's not, and that's the thing. If you perceive me thinking I know the way to do it, my way has been, has been formed by, you know, trial and error. Like in no way would I ever say my way is the way, but I didn't pick it. Like I had to find it. That's, that's that different perception. Why I, I look at most people like that. Like, you know, if you had, if you haven't had the opportunity of having success just given to you every first attempt, you are absolutely a collection of, of experience that is not all just good. And that's, that's where that journey lies. Like you got here through a lot of experience, not got here through just being given the answers. And those that will kind of, you know, show you the difference. It's, it's, you know, it's where I say like now, like, um, and I, t- I think I touched to you, touched on this with you, but um, in the last couple of years, I guess, just seeing people uh, 
call out or, or yell at people and call them boomers or be mad that old people, older people are not uh, willing to change. And it's, it's not that I don't agree with things changing, but the, the, the true nature of why a lot of people have complaints about things like that is because they actually, whether or not you think they have a better way, they actually have a way other than your way of doing something. And it's been very, very fulfilling and it's made them happy and they like to see other people do it, you know, because they believe that fulfillment's going to come out the same way. It's why there's certain things I just won't bend to as far as, you know, I would rather do the work. Like I would rather have a ton of rock dropped in my, in my land and move it myself instead of having it moved around by a bobcat because I like that. Like now, technology has has been able to cut out the labor for us so maybe when i'm 55 yeah maybe i won't but while i have that control and the desire to do it that's the that's the reason why you know like i'm doing these things that may not be the most efficient or may not be the quickest or smoothest practice you know but that's the point of doing them is the fulfillment to the person doing it it doesn't matter whose eyes are on it and how uh, how obtuse it looks or how shitty it looks to them. Like, man, you could have that shit done in 10 minutes with a bobcat. Like, that's not the point. It's, it's no different than why I grew up having to ma- maintain every field I played on, whereas some, not, not all kids who grow up have to touch a rake. You know, like, how many kids never played in a treehouse, never dug a hole, never fucking, you know, like, that is the, that is the extent of experience that will shape you. And, and that's why I really like talking about this because what is a stereotypical this or that? Like I've definitely, I've definitely been outdueled by people that, you know, have different interests than me, whether I like them or not. But if you put them under a cultural filter, someone might say they're not very cool. You know, it's like, I know I've lost to people like that and I don't care because if they were happy, that's, that's all I give a shit about. Well, I think that, definitely shines through and i think these are great things we can continue to explore through our conversations what you can continue to explore with other you know people on this on this show and you know it'll be fun to see this is episode three so it'll be fun to see what four five and and six are absolutely man and uh once again i i appreciate you for uh you know getting to to share this desk and and really uh being able to throw some of those interesting scenarios at me. And I know it's a, a lot of that is I'm very thankful for, for those experiences you've had that have made you, you. And, and that's what's, you know, genuinely going to get us all farther is just being willing to uh, uh, choose that struggle and share it. <laughs> well done. <laughs> but um, otherwise, thank you. Anyone, uh, anyone listening, this has been uh, Jay Schiffman with, with, uh, with us here on uh, corner of the clubhouse. Uh, is the pioneer of the shameless podcast network that once again, I'm very proud to be a part of. And, um, you know, me and Jay, once again, we'll be, uh, reviewing, uh, the sport from time to time and really trying to go back and forth on these, uh, below the surface aspects of, of the game. And, um, once again, Jay, thank you very much for, uh, for coming on and and let's keep this going. As always, thanks for having me. Thank you again for listening. As always, Corner of the Clubhouse is sponsored by Roadrunner CBD. Roadrunner CBD is a family-owned CBD wellness brand that focuses on providing high-quality, full-spectrum hemp products. 
Please go to RoadrunnerCBD.com today and start your CBD journey.